0: I think on the top 10 list of words no one really wants to hear anymore in 2019, I think the word culture is probably up there. I think the word culture is probably on that list. I think we're sick of getting hit with that word and the assumption that we know what it means. The assumption that – it has an outcome, an output, a value in and of itself that it's clear when in fact it's almost never defined. It's never clear. It's never obvious. It is that magical word like strategy and innovation and and I don't know, authentic, which and I'm guilty of authentic, right, all the time using that word too much, but it's just one of those words that is almost meaningless and now every time I hear it, I just want to not quite jab somebody in the eyes, but you know, it's, it's not my favorite word anymore, so uh, but the funny thing is it's real, not just as a word, but as a concept. It's a thing. The problem becomes when we get confused with what the culture is and where the brand is and the difference between the two or how they interact and how they play out. So that's what we're going to talk about today on the podcast here at the Talentcast. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the podcast dedicated to helping you get smarter at recruiting and hiring. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of employer brand and modern recruiting so that you, yes you, can hire better talent. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? I'm your host, James Ellis, and you can find me on Twitter at The War for Talent. That's at The War for Talent. Or on the Talent Cast website. Got a question, got a topic, got an idea? Tweet me. I'd love to hear from you. Ready to roll up your sleeves and think big? Great. Let's get to it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. Uh, before we went on the air, my wife cooked some lunch, and she managed to put some sriracha in a hot pan, so it feels like I'm being gassed out of my house. It's a, <laughs> My throat feels a little spicier than normal, so I don't know how much that comes through. I mean, it's not the best microphone or anything, but you know, I don't know how much this comes through. So housekeeping, and this is the point at which most people open up their phones and start going zip, 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 zip forward, 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 and I get that. But um, I'm going to be at the Social Recruiting uh, uh, Summit in, in Atlanta in a week. And a half, which means I gotta figure out what the heck I'm gonna say, uh, as well as things like ERE and and a couple of other places. I'll put some show notes in where I'm gonna be. But I want to, you know, remind you that I will be not speaking because it's really not that kind of conference. But I will be attending uh, the Talent Brand Summit in Austin in end of March. You, if you're into this sort of thing, should be there. And if you want to be there, if you think the concept of Employer Brand Summer Camp sounds like a cool way to spend three days, spoiler, it is. Um, T-shirts and everything, Uh, (laughs) s'mores, and last time there (coughs) was—see, this this the sriracha. The last time there was uh, hatchet throwing and archery. Uh, I don't know that we made any lanyards. Maybe that's next time, Uh, an extra for the horseback riding. Obviously, you got to buy that whole kit. Just kidding. But it is a lot like summer camp. It is, but and more than it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of booze involved. Most importantly, it is unlike most other conferences where you sit there and you're supposed to take notes and. Um, so-called expert after so-called expert, of which I sometimes number myself, uh, shows up and talks for 45 to 60 minutes, and you go, huh, interesting, and maybe there's a Q&A, and 80% of the time that Q&A is so specific, it, you have no value to that. It's a That format, it's, this is not that. This is a whole different beast. Last time, it was tables of 8 and 10 people we sat around, we hung out, we talked through problems, we listened to ideas that were facilitated ideas, not just projected ideas. Here, this is the thing, go read the book. It is a, here's a way to approach this, let's talk about it, let's work through our problems. Let's work through our own problems. Let's work through each other's problems. It's a chance to see what other people do and how other people wrestle with the concept of employer brand, um, and, and how those problems manifest themselves. And to me, after you know, you do that for a full day, and then the next day you do it again with a whole new group. So it is like networking, networking nirvana. Um, <clears throat> you will meet all sorts of people in the industry. If you'd like a discount code, spoiler, uh, two hundred bucks off. Yeah, that's not nothing. Um, ping me, find me, LinkedIn, Twitter email websites, you know, there's a million ways to find me, so I'm happy to give out the code to people who want to show up, uh, but you just got to let me know. So that's that. So let's get into culture again because, you know, culture. So this comes from a conversation I saw. Can't say where, won't say where, won't say who. But the question was effectively... Um, you know, how do I <laughs> define my culture when all of my teams have different cultures? How does how do I define my company culture when all my teams have a culture? And uh, I think I, I and I I'm presuming that this person was not conflating culture and brand. Uh, I'm presuming they really meant culture when they said culture. Uh, and, and maybe I'm wrong but maybe this is a whatever but so let's start by defining some terms right because I think culture and brand have a relationship that we don't talk enough about because we don't usually define our <coughs> god the sriracha is killing me um we don't usually define our terms I'm gonna take a drink so excuse me um it's just coffee but hopefully it clears out the sriracha I don't oof. um yeah wow it's it's not that it's not like it's a teeny house. It's not like I'm recording over the oven or anything. It's just everywhere. Um C- culture and brand have a relationship. They have a clear relationship. We just usually don't define terms. And I always have, that's m- my personal bugbear is that we never define our terms and it allows us to kind of obfuscate and, and kind of confuse and, and keep from having to have good conversations to find solutions. Um, you don't define your terms because when you define your terms, it gives the other person, and that's usually where the process works, uh, an opportunity to say, hey, but if that's true, then that must be true and that means you must be wrong. We don't define terms because we're terrified that might lead to us being wrong, thus, we don't, which I think is not the best way for us to learn. And frankly, if this podcast has taught you nothing, it's as I have a complete willingness to be wrong. Like face first, face plant into the dirt and the mud level of wrongness I am completely comfortable with. Um, I'm sure if I look back, I could find some good zingers on that one. But anyway, so let's talk about culture and brand. So the the brand we've defined, but I'll redefine it again for those of you who haven't, you know, haven't made an exhaustive uh, listen of everything I've ever said, and God bless you if you have because there's something horribly wrong with you. Um, But employer brand is the individual perception of what people think working for you is like. That is to say... It happens in a person's brain, which means it happens in probably hundreds or thousands or even sometimes millions of people's brains. Individual. How they see it is how they see it. You don't tell them how to see it. What you can do is influence how they see it. You can provide them information that shapes and frames and rethinks and, you know, factors their perception to maybe change their mind, to influence their thinking. But you can't say, our brand is all about X and have them go, their brand is all about X. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way because if it was, marketing would be a whole different ballgame. Look at Nike, look at Apple, look at, at Coke, look at anybody who you know, average, any beer company, any car com- company, anybody who advertises a lot. What they're trying to do is get you to think a certain thing about their brand. But it, when they tell you that thing, they know it doesn't work. So what they have to do is kind of nudge you in a position where you go, here's a new piece of information about this brand that I'm going to add to the existing brand sentiment, and this may shift it. Ah, another Bud Light commercial. When they say not. For the few but for the many to which i go that is the weirdest brand position i ever heard of and so completely against me and so completely damn near antagonistic of who i am as a human being then i go Guh. luckily i don't drink much beer and i definitely don't drink both light that's fine it's not for me as seth godin would say in from a cultural standpoint from a tribe standpoint it's not for me <laughs> they're talking to somebody else that's fine Bud Light's never going to get my business. They were never going to get my business. This commercial was not meant to influence me. It was meant for someone else. And that's fine, right? When, oh, there's a new series of, the series is long, long going on, at least in the States here, for, uh, and this should tell you how bad this is. It's either Chevy or Ford. I think it's Chevy. No, it's maybe it's Ford. It's the one where the guy shows up and it's like a survey group and he talks and the room changes and suddenly it's a surprise and the, it, it's a whole series of commercials. They've got one where they literally have a series of cars under tarps and they say, "What is the most reliable brand of cars in America based on blah 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 blah?" And everybody goes, "I think it's this." And they pull it and it's ah, it's not that. It's Honda. And everybody's like, "Yeah, I guess it must have been Honda." He goes, "Actually, not kidding. It's not true." And they pull the Honda tarps away and it's Toyota. He goes, "Yeah, I guess I guess you know I should have expected that. You know, Toyota's a great car. They make a really reliable." car and they go actually it's not that either and they pull it away I think it's Chevy I think Chevy is the final is the actual brand that does it but I love it because it's so good at saying I'm going to force you to activate the part of your brain that says this is how I think about this brand or this is what I feel about this brand and then give you the 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 twist right there's the sixth sense moment at the end where it turns out he's dead the whole time and if I spoiled that movie what have you been waiting for um Where it's like to say, yes, you know what? I do think of Honda and Toyota as the most reliable car brand. They may not be the fastest. They may not be the sexiest. They may not be the strongest or whatever. They may not have the features I want, but they are reliable. And to have them say, I know you think that because everybody thinks that, but it turns out that's not true. That kind of twist does a great job in reframing my perception of the brand. If you asked me what's the most reliable car, I would have probably said a Honda or a Toyota because I think that's what most people do because Honda and Toyota have spent a lot of money branding themselves as reliable car companies. And for Chevy to say, yeah, that's great and all, but, and then run the twist, that's a great way to change the frame. None of this has anything to do with culture. But culture actually drives a lot of that stuff. So what is culture? I think the easiest way to define what a culture is, especially based on what we're talking about here, is culture is what happens when you put two or more people in a room. You put two sharks in a room, there's a shark-like culture. You put two pacifists in a room, that is two very pacifist-driven, supportive, non-combative, non-confrontational Culture. You put two lawyers in a room, you're going to get a culture in which it is somewhat argumentative and very delineated and well-defined and structured. You put two X in a room and you get X as a culture. That's just what culture is. Culture is the thing that is, <clears throat> it spawns, it, it, it manifests itself when you put those people in that room. When you put, pe- you know, a bunch of people in a space and they have to interact and the sparks fly and that is the culture. It is something that suddenly shows up out of, out of nothing when you have multiple people in a room interacting. Now, if you put multiple people in a room and they don't interact, there's no culture. Culture happens when those interactions happen. Culture happens when two people have to kind of figure out who's in charge. What are our goals? How are we going to accomplish this? Who are you and who am I and how, what's the best way for us to work together? Or am I going to beat you up and tell you I'm the best just because I'm the kind of guy who likes to steamroll you? Those are all cultures. That culture just happens. Now, if you, like me, are on LinkedIn all the time and you see those articles like Slack or whatever, Netflix, and they say, you know, they're very, very, uh, this is a company who's grown and they've grown very, very cognizant of the kind of culture they were trying to grow. That's a really nice article to see uh, on a nice pop culture business magazine like a Business Insider or a Forbes or whatever. Um, they're not really deep dives. They're there just to sell magazines, right? Fast Company putting Shaq on – or not Shaq, uh, LeBron James. How did I confuse Shaq and LeBron James? I do not know. Um, they put you know LeBron James on the cover, and it's like, this is a business magazine. What the hell is LeBron doing here? This isn't teaching me anything about business. This is about business success porn really was what that is, and Business Insider and Forbes and – Inc. And, you know, then you can probably come think of a couple other magazines that kind of have that model where maybe there might some be some articles in there that's useful and informative and helpful for you, but mostly it's success porn, which, you know, uh, no thanks. I got plenty. I don't have enough time in my day. I don't need to read that stuff. But they do talk about this idea that these these brands were based on building a specific culture. That culture was very collaborative. That culture was very joyous. That culture was very confrontational. That con- there's a there's a company who I will not name because I don't care for the owner, but they have built an entire culture on being combative. Um, that they, they they love the fact that everybody who works there uh, goes to the gym every single day. They've literally got a gym in the workspace, not like on another floor, but in the middle of the workspace. They've got Workout machines so that you know, in between calls or in between lines of code or whatever the hell they do all day, they can go and drop a couple of couple of sets of leg squats or whatever. Uh, That's the culture they have. No thanks, (laughs) but that's the culture. Is that the brand? No. A culture exists. The culture happens. You put two people in a room and the culture just there it is. I'm gonna gonna get my sound effects right. There it is. Thank you. Um, The culture just happens because you put people in a room. It's like gravity. Gravity doesn't happen until you have two bodies in space. Gravity—you can't measure gravity without the second body. The one body doesn't have, may have gravity, but you can't measure, it, you can't perceive it until there's a second body to go. Oh, one is 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 gravitating, gravitational pull towards the other. It's one of those weird things. Culture is the same way. It doesn't exist until two people or more. In many cases, lots, lots, lots more people enter the space, and in a company a large company, you have factions inside that. So for example, your sales team, their culture is very go get them, eat stress for lunch, uh, you know, rejection proof, whatever, you know, they, they, they're sales guys and girls. Their, their culture is always about how to keep asking for the close, how to close the deal, no fear, stuff like that go to their HR team. Is their culture close the deal, no fear? No, of course not. HR doesn't do that. HR tends to be, in almost every company I've ever seen, a little more collaborative, a little more open, a little more soft, a little more we want everybody to be, to maximize their potential, to find their own way of getting things done. We have to coexist together, even if our cultures and individual personalities are different. Those two cultures are radically different, right? Eat stress for breakfast and everybody has to coexist are radically different cultures. They exist within the same company. If I'm thinking of a company in which that's true, I'm not trying to be specific to that company because I'm pretty sure that's true of so many companies where you have these two teams whose culture is radically different. And to which the question that was asked and was said, how do you kind of – you know, put a culture umbrella on that thing. What is our culture if we have all these different factions inside? You've got sales and you've got legal and you've got HR and you've got admin and you've got executive and you've got development and you've got whatever. You've got all these different teams, right? And they all have their own culture. You put those, you know, three project managers in a room, they have a project managing culture, whatever that may be. So far so good? Fantastic. But if you can't get enough of this stuff, I have some news. You can bring the James Ellis experience to your event or company. Just go to jamesellis.us and learn about all the kinds of custom presentations I can build and deliver for you or your team. But, if it's time to get some hands-on help with your employer branding, recruiting, and hiring, either from the ground up or some strategic support, I would love to help. Just reach out to Proactive Talent or ProactiveTalent.com, that's where I work and we can help you hire better. Cool? cool all right let's get back to it so taking a tangent that isn't really a tangent let's look at for example the united states and for those of you who do not live in the united states think of your own country (laughs) it works just as well um what is so i think of united states i live in chicago I've lived in Texas. I've lived in New Jersey. I lived in Raleigh. I lived in Wisconsin. Each one of those places has very different cultures. And having spent time in Houston, I can tell you there's about twenty thousand different cultures in Houston all alone. There's twenty, you know, ten thousand cultures in Chicago alone. The difference between north and south is like night and day. The difference between suburbs and downtown is you could not measure. It, it, it's insanely different culture. The culture of where I live, which is kind of lake-viewy, um, which is not downtown but nowhere near a suburb, is fairly laid back. It's very familial. It's very There's lots of families here, but it's also a fairly young space where we're very adjacent to uh, where a lot of students or recently former students live. Um, for whatever reason, our apartment is on the street between the bars and the bus station, and at two in the morning on some weekends, it gets loud. That's the culture of the place. Is that the same as uptown? Is that the same as downtown? Is that the same as Rogers Park, Hyde Park, Lincoln Park, Lincoln Square? All these different neighborhoods have different cultures, all the different groupings of people. The part, not just Chinatown, but think about the part of town where there happens to be a lot of Ecuadorians. That's a more Ecuadorian culture, right? They have a different way of looking at things like family and work and work-life balance and what they do on a Sunday versus say a Jewish section of town which by the way I'm adjacent to so I get the sense of oh they do uh, High Holy Days on Saturdays instead of Sundays it's a different culture and yet somehow we all live in the United States so how do you say that we all have the same culture to which you say you can't but you can say the United States has a brand and that brand is Everybody has their shot. Everybody has the freedom to achieve. Everybody has the opportunity to do what they want to do, that they have that freedom to to take a chance to grow something up, whether it's true or not, <laughs> right? Whether the Chevy brand is actually the most reliable car or what they're saying is the most reliable car depending on how you squint and depending on what report they're showing out. It doesn't have to be true, but it is true of the brand and how people perceive the brand. Nobody says, hey, America, their brand is all about family because it's not. We're a very capitalist system. We're very, and it's not even capitalism. it's a very commerce-driven system. We believe in the company over person in a lot of levels. Um, it's not a place where, I mean, <laughs> look at all the maps that say, here are all the places with mandated family leave, and we're not on that list. Or if we are, we're at the very bottom of the list with some super, super painful minimums, and they're not even legally mandated. Most cases, they're unpaid. Uh, you know, compared to a, a, a Sweden, compared to a Germany, compared to a Japan, where you have so much resources in that space, you can't say that we're family friendly in the same way that those countries might be you can't say that family friendly is our brand. For better or for worse, this isn't a judgment zone. I have plenty of thoughts and there's a whole other Twitter account I have specifically for them but that's not what we're here for. So the country has a brand and inside that brand are all these different cultures right? You can be in an uh, um, I don't know like a, a Latino Latinx community that still lives within the United States brand. You can still be about, this is a place where you came for freedom, your parents came for freedom, your grandparents came for freedom, the opportunity to do what you want, and whether you run a university or run a bodega, you are driving your culture under that brand. Okay, see it? See how the culture and the brand are related? The brand is a big ideal, the brand is a big concept. The culture is what happens and manifests when you put two people in the room. You put two Cubans in a room, they're going to be Cuban culture. That's just how it is. And I know Cubans, so I I know, trust me. Um you're going to have a conversation of where in Havana did you grow up? And where where were you in the 60s because stuff, or I'm sorry, with late 50s. It's like cuz stuff happened. Um <laughs> Read your history, kids. Uh, this is what they do. That's the culture. You talk about the food. You talk about the drink. You talk about you talk about the thing. Is that the same as a Jewish culture? No. Jewish culture is different. Black culture is different. African American culture is different. Depending on which country, depending on which region of South America, Central America, your Latinx culture, Ecuadorian, Honduran, Mexican, Brazilian—all radically different. All of it. Upper class, lower class. Right. Suburbs, city. Owns a car, doesn't own a car. These are all cultures that exist. And yet, somehow, all these different cultures exist within the brand United States. And we find different ways to connect and <clears throat> to correlate our culture to that brand. So, as a, and I'm not, this again, not a judgment thing. This is just simply a fact as a Caucasian middle aged male creeping up on not so middle aged anymore. Um, With a family and a kid, my culture is family-driven. I I like hanging out with other families. I like hanging out with other people who have kids, who understand the pains and the frustrations and love and joy and all the good stuff of having a kid. I have plenty of single friends, but I have plenty of gay friends. I have plenty of other people who are friends, but they're not part of my quote-unquote Culture per se. Not that culture is exclusionary, but again, you put me in a room with a, uh, 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 and I'm just going to go inverse a, uh, a lesbian black woman. Our culture will exist. Our culture will happen. We'll have to find it. It won't naturally be a thing that we like. Oh yeah, what we have in common is that we both find Nine Inch Nails to be the best, one of the best bands in the world. That we'd have to probably to figure that out, or maybe that's the reason we ended up being in the same room. Some cultures are obvious like i said you put four ecuadorians in a room you put four people who went to yale in a room you put four people who run marathons in a room and or, huh, best case you put four people who do cross-training in or are vegan in a room you know what their culture is vegan and or cross-training everything else takes a back seat and that's a joke and yet it's not but you put me in someone you put someone from ghana in a room we will make a culture but it will be based on more tenuous things. Our culture is based on something. So if you put three lawyers in a room, the culture is driven not by the fact that one is black, one is brown, and one is white. You don't drive the culture from the fact that they're all women or all men or or lots of different flavors they're in, or that some are from Chicago and some are from New York and one of them is from Alabama. You drive it from the fact that what they have in common is the fact that they're lawyers. They work in a lawyer field and they do lawyerly type things, whatever that is, and that's going to drive a lot of their culture. The commonalities tend to drive and spark the most strong cultures. Which again, going back to those articles, they say we are very particular about our culture. Sure, if you're a culture that's designed, if you're trying to change the communicate the way companies communicate, you're going to attract people for whom communication is something that's considered and thought about. It's not just, you know, fish have no def- no word for water kind of thing where it's like, yeah, I, just, I, I communicate. Sure, everybody is, doesn't everybody communicate? But these people are thoughtful about communication that's gonna be the culture because that's what they have in common because they work at a place where culture and communication is the driving force of the company, like a Slack, right? If you're at Netflix, Hell, no, let's skip Netflix. I love Netflix, but that's not here. Let's talk about Disney. Let's talk about how for years they were like the greatest example of how they could in you know insert their culture into every aspect of what they do. They called the people who dressed up as the princess or excuse me, Cinderella or Mickey Mouse and wandered through uh, the, the amusement parks. As cast members, right? They were all there for entertainment. They were there to entertain people. Their culture was entertainment driven. Even the smart people, even the people who are driving the metrics on some level, they were there because they had a connection to the entertainment. They appreciated the culture around entertainment. That was the culture, it was the thing they had in common. That's not the brand. The brand is more about. What do I think it's like to work there? Now, if you map that out in a Venn diagram, there's going to be overlap. If I think it's going to be very collaborative to work for you and your culture is collaborative, there's obvious overlap. that you can say, here is our culture, and our culture is a way of talking about and defining our brand of the world. And if that's the case, great. But as we've seen in so many companies, the culture or micro fiefdoms all around the company and that isn't a brand. You can't say our legal brand is X and our marketing brand is Y and our manufacturing brand is Z. Then you're in trouble. Then you're not talking about a company. You're talking about these tiny, 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 tiny little fiefdoms, maybe not so tiny some of them, um, and trying to say the marketing team for Adidas is hiring. No, Adidas is hiring. The fact that they're going to work in the marketing team, great. But you start from a hierarchical perspective to say it's working for Adidas, right? So there's a brand to Adidas or Adidas depending on where you're from. Um, I still don't know which is accurate, but I was raised in New Jersey and so Adidas is what we do. Um, so for those of you in Germany who are laughing at me, hi, how you doing? My name is James Ellis. This is what I do. You, we, the brand is company-based because the company helps frame and shape the brand. Remember, as we've talked about before, that brand is reinforced by policies. Who you hire, who you fire, who you promote, what you reward. If you reward creative thinking, your brand ends up being very focused about we value creative thinkers. If you're a creative thinker, this is a place where you will be appreciated and rewarded, and maybe you should work here. That's how the brand part works. The culture could be, okay, from a creative standpoint, we're collaborative, or we're very competitive, or we're very individual, or we're very team-based, or, 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 or pick it. I don't care. Even in the legal team, the fact that you're working for a creative company, if that's the brand, doesn't mean you aren't a lawyer. It doesn't mean you're suddenly an artist of some sort, but it means that the culture of le- the legal team that is very by the book and dry and cut and dry and, and, and argued and you know argued over and word based, you still can be creative in that. You're still surrounded by creative people. You're still arguing on behalf of creative people and the creative work. It influences the culture. So there can be overlap, but they are in no way the same. So I just want to kind of hit that note and kind of get out of your way but because that, that's the truth. Culture is not the brand. Brand is not the culture. They can feed each other but they have their own things because they come from slightly different places. The brand exists in other people's minds. The culture exists when two people—the the stuff that exists between two people interacting or three or 20,000, whatever it is. That's different. You want to change a culture? Fire everybody. Hire new people. Will that influence the brand? Oh, yeah, it will, depending on who you bring in. But I bet the policies that drive how you hire, the policies that drive how you and who you reward, have more to do with the brand than they do the culture but the culture influences the brand. It's complicated, right? I feel like I'm, I'm nailing jello to a wall and trying to say, ta-da, there it is, and it's hard to describe, but think it through. If you understand that culture is what happens when people exist and brand is what happens when people think about you, those are different audiences. And one is looking at the other. The brand, the ex- the existence of what I think working for you is like, what the experience of working for you might be like, I might be looking at the culture or the, at the culture of that team or the company, And that might influence me but there's more to it than that and so i can't say the culture is the brand all right so i think i've talked myself in circles but that was an interesting conversation i didn't realize that's where i would land um and i love it when that stuff happens so uh there you go if you have any questions if you have any concerns if you have any issues uh seek medical attention please don't talk to me about that but if you have other employer brand thoughts concerns issues questions ideas ping me i'm on the twitter at the war for talent you know where the website is. You know at this point, you know I'm the easiest person to find on LinkedIn these days. Um, well, that's not true. Hung Lee, might be the easiest person to find these days. He's got so many connections. Um, hey, Hung, how you doing? Um, so, but you know, yeah, come find me on LinkedIn, make friends, ask me questions, come to me with thoughts, ideas, issues. It's the new year. You've got to be. You've got to have some employer brand challenges. What are they? Let's work on them together a little bit. So, with that, I'll see you next week. Thank you so so much for listening, and uh, bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the Talent Cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the war for talent. At the war for talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.